Welcome to Points of Change, and we are going live right now. I am about to be joined by my guest, who is an impact leader. She's a coach and a consultant, and she is helping other coaches to create impact and change and real and lasting change and expand their visions and reach their goals as well in the world. So you're going to definitely want to make sure you stay tuned for Aneri Bellamy joining us after the titles. We'll see you in just a moment. Welcome to Points of Change with Johnny Ball, the show where week by week I will be chatting with coaches, trainers, mentors, experts, visionaries, change makers, people with amazing transformational stories and experiences, and people who are helping others to create transformation in their lives. Stay tuned and make sure you subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Okay, welcome to the show. Welcome, Aneri. Great to have you with me. You as thank you for having me. And you did really good on my name. You did awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, luckily, I had the opportunity to practice. Otherwise, I think I would have said it a little bit differently. So uh, so I remembered from our previous conversation, uh, I'm happy right. to say. <laughs> so, great, great. Uh, the, the names are really important, right? It's nice when people get your name right. Right. Yeah. And my, I say, yeah. I, my, my name's pretty, pretty difficult to get wrong, although... Because I don't live in my native country, uh, I do often hear some interesting pronunciations. But uh, for me, I quite enjoy that. I quite like. Um, one of my favorites is hearing my name said in with a French accent. Uh, is that when I used to work for the airlines, it would, I'd go by Johnny. And um, hearing some of my French friends say, Johnny, it always made me go, <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it does sound kind of neat. <laughs> it does. It gives me a little tingle. It's like, oh, I like my name being said like that. Maybe I should change it to Johnny. Uh, anyway, let's get back to what we're here to talk about today, Neri. Uh, you are an impact leader. So some people may be wondering what that is. It sounds great, but what does an impact leader do? What, what is your work all about? Well, in my case, an impact leader is a person that teaches people how to come about their magic elixir, right? What is it about you that stands out from the noise of what everybody else does? How do you stand out and become different? so that people know that you exist, one, and two, so that you can truly leave what your mark is supposed to be on the world. So it challenges people to get out of that cookie cutter process in their business and really tap into who they are themselves and what they bring to the world. Who, Who are the kinds of people that you usually would end up working with? So I usually end up working with coaches, um, but I've also found that the impact uh, formula works well with direct sales people as well. And um, here's why I say that. I always tell the story of the Mary Kay lady, right? And I say, okay, in the marketing world, what do we say? We say colors matter. We say the brand matters. We say the product matters, all of those things. Well, Mary Kay took care of all of that, right? <laughs> Everybody knows what Mary Kay is. Whether yeah. you see the, the logo or not, when you see that pink Cadillac, you know it's a Mary Kay car, right? So how is it that one lady can earn six cars, right? And another lady is struggling to sell a tube of lipstick. Product's the same, it's been branded well, and it's because that one lady knows what her magic elixir is. So because she knows that, she's attracting people. And because the people are attracted to her, they in turn buy the product. Mm. I like that. And we're definitely gonna dive a bit more into that. I want to find out first of all, how you ended up doing the kind of work that you do? What what brought you into this line of, of work? Well, I started out a stay-at-home mom that wanted to leave some kind of mark for myself, right? And I discovered that you could write for the internet. 
Well, so I'd ask questions, and when I'd ask the question, and Eri, we're losing your connection a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, so I don't know if you're able to improve your internet connection at all whilst we're uh, whilst we're on the call, but it's, it's breaking it up a little bit. Yep, I'm sorry. Don't worry. Can you hear? So, yeah, yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Okay. So, so sorry. If you don't mind start starting again from uh, how you how you ended up coming to this. So you talk about writing online. Oh yeah, I started out writing online, and then after I wrote online, then I discovered that you didn't need everything that they told you that you needed to get started, right? Because depending on where you're starting from, you don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to invest in websites and all the sure. other stuff that they tell you, right? So I learned how to sell myself. I learned how to get on the phone with other businesses and say, look, I am a very good writer, right? Here's the benefit of giving me a chance to write for you and your business. And of course I had to do it at a discounted price, right? Because I had to get them to give me a chance. But I learned that you could actually sell yourself quite well and in turn get to where you're trying to go. Then later on, I had the website and all of that. Um, but that's not something that they were telling people, you know, people that were already doing yeah. it. They weren't telling people sell yourself. They were saying, you know, you got to have a website, you got to have a funnel and you got to have, you know, all of those things. Now, does that help you scale your business? Absolutely. But when you're starting out, it's you that's going to actually get your business off the ground. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, you didn't wait around. You just got started and you did it. Uh, right. And I think very often there, there are all these things that people tell you, oh, you should have this. and You should have that. Uh, and people end up focusing more on that and think, well, I've got, I have to have all those things before I even start. And right. uh, I, I know from from years of coaching myself and then back people say, oh, I'm, I'm starting my own business. I'm going to do something for myself. And it, it amazes me how like one of the first things they want to do is get their business cards. It's like, you know what? I've been in business for, for myself yeah. for a long time, and yeah. I have I maybe once or twice ever needed a business card. Right? It's like, it is not important. It is a, it's one of those things that just takes focus away from what you do. But it, it's it's easier to achieve than perhaps the just going out there and doing it. That I think is the scary part. And you just it went is. for it and and put yourself out there, which is great. It is. It is that, and people are taught the wrong concept of marketing research, right? So they're right. told that you have to go out and research the people in your industry, find someone who's doing what you wanna do, right? And then when you find someone who's doing what you wanna do, mimic them, like take their, you know, what they're doing, the content that they're writing about and start doing the same thing. And then you'll start attracting the people that they attract. That's just absolutely not true. So this is what I teach people to do for marketing research. I tell them, go out, Research people who are doing what you're doing and find out what's missing, mm. right? Find out that piece that they're not adding in that you would add in. Find out how you would do it different and then go out and do it different. Yeah. You know, um, everybody else is swimming downstream about impact. Impact's not a new word, right? People are using it all the time. But I come along and I'm like, yeah, impact is not talking to 10 million people. You know, that's yeah. not making impact. <laughs> that's not what it means. You know, so I'm swimming back upstream and I'm saying actually giving people results, actually finding out what your magic elixir is and how you can change the world and putting that into your business. That's impact, whether you're talking to 100 people or 100,000 people. 
Right. That makes a difference. You know, one of the things I often talk about from uh, in public speaking, because a lot of my work is around presentation skills and public speaking, is that the what people remember and take away from your presentation is really important. And if, if you don't have something memorable, they might enjoy a talk or a presentation whilst you do it. But if they don't remember anything, what, what purpose has it served? Right. So you talk about you know, having we'll talk in speaking about having moments of impact which is very very much along the same kinds of lines that that that's really critical to have those moments that stand out i think um dan, dan and chip heath uh, talk about it in in made to stick and i think also they have a book that's like the power of moments as well i think that's them too um that these things are really important and, and it, so it relates very much to what to what you're talking about as well it's like it is about making a difference of me something that lasts and stays with you Right, right. And when you start doing that for a small number of people, your impact starts to grow, right? And then the masses come along. Um, so I, I try to discourage people from looking at someone who has 100,000 followers and becoming intimidated and assuming that they can't measure up because the reality is they have something different to bring to the table that's going to attract 100,000 people to them as well. They just yeah. have to learn what that is and start implementing it into their business. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are the what are the general problems other, other than perhaps people waiting to till they have everything to get started? What are the general problems that people have in being able to create impact and understand that? Is it just the bad advice they've had before, or are there other things going on? Well, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's information overload, right? <laughs> is people grabbing information from this person and that person and another person and trying to put it all together. Um, because everybody has their own system. So there's no way to make that puzzle complete. And they find themselves frustrated, right? Because they feel like they're being pulled in a hundred different directions. And the reality is right. they actually are, right? Because they're tapping into this person's system and then that person's system and, and it's, it's just not working. Um, I also find that people invest a lot into programs that they're not ready for, like courses that they're not ready for. And it's because they haven't discovered how they need to show up. Messaging is one thing, but how do you know what to say if you don't know who you are <laughs> and what you bring to the table, right? Yeah. So then they invest all this money into these programs and systems, and then they say it didn't work. They say they were scammed. They say, you know, and it's not necessarily always the case. A lot of times they just didn't know what they had to bring to the table to get the right results. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you mentioned that you would you would start working with people on getting them to take a look at uh, not take a look at copying what other people are doing, but take a look at what they're not doing as well. So I think you know I think it is good to sort of get a sense of what people are doing in terms of are they focusing on on lives, are they focusing on video content, emailing things like that. You know, just to get a sense of those are probably good things to be doing. But when it comes to content. Um, great if it inspires you to find your thing but yeah absolutely you want to look for having uh for being a voice that isn't just uh, a repeat of what everyone else is saying right. but I, I appreciate that sometimes you have to go through a lot of learning to be able to figure out what that voice is for yourself but it is. How, how do you help people to then figure out what their voice is and and who they are well first of all i ask them what is their desire what is their passion right um, and then the next thing I do is I take them into what is it that follows you everywhere you go? 
And a lot of times they're stumped on that question. They're like, what? What does that have to do with business, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? But yeah, it's, it's what, it, what follows you everywhere you go. Is it that your family and your friends are always coming and asking you how to do things cheaper? You know what I mean? Is, is that the magic you bring to the table? Are they always coming to you asking you about systems? Like, this is what I'm trying to get done. What's the best way to get it done? What always follows you no matter where you go? And that nine times out of 10 is your magic elixir. So for me, it's um, thinking inside the box, but uniquely. And what I mean by that is I can look at a person's business or take an idea and instantly figure out ways they could have collaborated with someone or you know, a different way to go about doing the product. Uh, prime example, you have a productivity product, right? And then you put it in a 45 page ebook and you're discouraged because the book is not selling. Well, if I have productivity issues, that means I have time management issues. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's the odds that I'm going to have time to read your 45 page book? Indeed. So, you know, I would tell them you're great at conversation right you have a great video presence why are you wasting time writing a 45 page book just put it in video put it in audio and serve it to them that way you, you know so again you have to figure out what it is you bring to the table and I have them tell me what their passion and their desires are and what they like and what they don't like so if yeah. you're not a people person if you don't like dealing with people <laughs> then your business model definitely shouldn't be one-on-one -on -one coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe coaching isn't the right game at all if you right. don't really like people that much. But uh, right. yeah, yeah. If you, certainly if you don't like dealing with people one-to-one -one, uh, so much, then yeah, you should be looking at something larger scale. But I, I think that's good anyway to look at. In, in terms of coaching, one-to-one right. -one is, isn't scalable as a business, oh. right? So mm -hmm. it's... Uh, uh, ultimately it's great to do and i've been doing one-to-one -one coaching for the longest time but i know that the biggest impact the biggest bang for your buck is group coaching and speaking and, and training and workshops and those sorts of things absolutely um but see like a person who loves to have that interaction with people they can have the best of both worlds right right so if they have to when they have to do something scalable like a course or something like that then they can jump into their course and do lives once a week or something to allow them to satisfy that hunger for interacting with people, right? A person that doesn't care to interact with people at all can do the business model where they record videos, <laughs> right? So the people are experiencing them through video and they have the platforms with the courses and things and they just sell information and not necessarily do that personal one-on-one -on -one touch. So again, you have to decide what it is that you desire in your business and what sure. it is that you like and you don't like. So that's why so many people are miserable, right? Is because they're doing a business model based on how someone else did it and not how it tailors to them and their, their magic elixir. So there, there is no one size fits all then? No, no, not a cookie cutter process at all. I mean, yeah. you take the information and then you tailor it to you and who you are. Yeah. I think that's something I've been discovering along the way as well. You know, is I very much have done all these sort of coaching programs that are teaching you to to market in the way that other coaches are marketing and do things in the way that other people are, and yet you still have to. I, I find you still have to find your own way. Like, I know that the, a lot of these places wouldn't recommend necessarily something like podcasting as a way to to promote yourself and your business, and yet I've come into it and I absolutely love it. And you talk about finding a magic elixir. 
I love being a podcaster. And I don't know if everyone loves me being a podcaster, but, <laughs> but I love it. And I get a lot of value from it. And why why I now have three shows instead of just the one that I started off with. Um, because it gives me an opportunity to share in multiple platforms in multiple different ways. But as much as I love the public speaking side of it, I still do one-to-one -one and group coaching as well and workshops and, and all these other things. But my primary focus has shifted to where I feel that the magic happens most, which I think is is doing live videos, doing podcasting and and putting out that regular content. And um, so what sort of thing, you know, how, did, how does somebody know what's going to be right for them? Is, that, is it a trial and error or can you really figure out what fits for you in terms of being able to promote your business? Well, the first thing you have to do is be honest with yourself about what you like and what you don't like, right? And the second thing you have to do is you have to trust your gut. And I know that sounds crazy, but nine times out of 10, your gut tells you exactly what you need to do. You know, it's kind of like that desire to do something and you just can't shake it, right? It's like it eats at you. Well, your mind knows how you work, right? And I believe that everybody has a guide, you know, no matter what your religious preference is, you're in it's translated into your gut. Your gut guides you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did. Uh, I had a guest on just recently, uh, Sunil Godsey, who has a book called Gut, which is all about intuition and uh, and you know uh, whether whether you think it's uh, um, some sort of magical thing or, or a mystical process or not. It's not. It's it's a real thing. And uh, he even talks talked on that about the research and scientific investigation that he's done. Um, yeah, there are some elements that may be a bit more metaphysical, but ultimately, you know, there is a lot of scientific stuff as well. But also we know, we, we nearly always can say there's times in our lives where we didn't follow our gut and it all went to hell, right? So I can test to that, yes. There yeah. were times in my business where I did not follow my gut and it was like this endless hamster wheel, right? Things would do good and then things would do not so good. And then things would do good and then things do not so good. And then right. I changed business name probably 15 times going with the good and the not good. And I was always going against my gut because what it was telling me to do in my book was absolutely ludicrous, right? It's like, I'm supposed to go out and counteract everything that people are learning when it comes to marketing and things. So the logistics and the foundation is the same. Yes, absolutely. But I'm challenging them to go about it a totally different way. Um, kind of like I was on one guy's show and he is a marketer, like that's his whole business, right? And here I am on his summit telling people stop marketing and start making impact, right? So it was a very interesting <laughs> conversation because it was like I was telling people, hey, don't hire him to do to do what he does. But of course, we brought it back around to let them know what I was really saying is if you get out there and you show up and you make impact and you're all about change, right? then that is marketing. Right. So, you know, we just have to get out of, again, we have to get out of that cookie cutter process and we have to get out of the mindset that telling people how to do something kills the sale. There's nothing worse than, you know, I hear people tell people all the time, you tell them the what and the why, and then you sell the how. But here's my thing. If you've never shown me that you do actually know how, then why <laughs> am I going to give you my money, right? <laughs> How right. am I going to trust that? I mean, of course, some people are going to buy into it because their pain point is just to that point where they'll buy into just about anything to try to solve the problem. But real quality people that like really know and trust you and become 
your ambassadors to bring more people to you. You have to tell people the how. So that's another thing that just drives me bananas. I'm like, even if you tell them how, nine times out of 10, by the time you get done telling them how, and they hear how complicated it can be, especially if they don't know where to start or what, the, they're going to hire anyway. They're like, oh yeah, she knows how to do it. Now here's my money. Go do it for me. You know, or here's my money. Hold my hand and walk me through it. So right. telling people how does not kill the sale. I get, I get that. Yeah, yeah. That that I mean, it makes perfect sense. You want to see, you want to see that people can do it. You know, I, I've had a lot of people talking over, particularly over the last year, I'd say, about relationship marketing and about how critical that is that you have to have this relationship but you're adding that element of you, know, you just have to have the relationship you have to have the, the credibility of be the person who's who's doing it and you know, it's often when people say well we want to come and work with like for, for example some of the some of the coaching that i do for uh, for a u.s company that i do contract work for um some of the clients that will come to me they they haven't um got their finances in order or they haven't got um I'm trying to think things that I work with them on like they want to do some sort of uh, speaker training kind of thing run workshops or create info products and kind of thing and they're like well you know to, to be able to show them that that I've done that and that the company that I've worked with have, have done that for years as well it's like we all together we have a lot of credibility behind us but you can see that the evidence is there we don't have to demonstrate it but there's uh, there's this whole sort of realm now of people who are doing these flashy YouTube videos where they're hiring maybe a, a Lamborghini for the day and uh, and bringing in some top models and things to sort of hang around them and make it all look like they're having living their best life ever. Um, that they don't actually have a product or they've maybe even stolen someone else's or things like that. It's like uh, that stuff is crazy and hopefully is uh, is on its way out. But, you know, maybe that maybe we're going to be stuck with that forever. But hopefully there's you know, more and more people are recognizing it and calling it out now. But when you have what you're talking about, that really isn't so much of a concern. It's like if you can see the people are doing it and doing it well, you can get that sense of, well, they can help me then. So it's it, right. that, that mentoring relationship more. And it's a nice mixture of the two. So don't get me wrong. You know, I share pictures. I love to go waterfall chasing. Like, that's my thing, to go chasing waterfalls and see them at different places and things like that. So, of course, I share with my audience that I went and chased the waterfall. You know, hey, look at this beautiful waterfall I saw today. So, of course, they can look at that and say, wow, she has time to have that kind of freedom in her life to go chase waterfalls. However, it's authentic. You know, I'm sharing and letting them into my authentic life, not one that's staged. So that's the other thing you have to do is you have to let people see the real you. And I mean the real you. So a lot of times people get into that mode of success, right? And they don't want to be transparent with people and say, look, I might be successful now, but five years ago I was struggling in my business or, you know, five years ago I was depressed or five years ago I was in financial trouble or I believe that that is key to like really being honest with your audience about who you are your past struggles and your current struggles so you know I have no problems telling people you know some days I just don't want to get up you know sometimes being the CEO of your business is you know you have to get out of that mindset of, that you don't have anybody to answer to because of course you got to give good quality to your customers or your clients right one and two, there's people out there in the world that need your magic elixir. And if you're not showing up, you're not healing people, right? Yeah. Because they have to see you. You have to show up. So 
but I'm honest. I'll get on a video and say, oh my God, I just really did not want to move this morning. <laughs> you know, I'm running two hours behind. And and a lot of times, I, even one of my mentors one time, said, like, you can't tell the world everything. Yeah. Some things are, are, are meant to be quiet. You can't share everything. And yeah. I'm like, but I'm a real person, right? And then sure enough, somebody came along and they said, I love the way you do your coaching. She said, because you're very... Um, vulnerable, right? You're, I think I did a post about my rights and my wrongs in in the world, and you know how I'm still managed to show up and and offer greatness to the world despite my past, despite you know. And they really appreciated the transparency because they're being fed this facade, right? Kind of like the TV and things that perfection looks like this, success looks like this, yeah. and they feel like it's not reachable. Yeah. Right, it's like, well, I'm down here suffering here. Success isn't reachable for me, and it's like, no, I used to be you. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. I think that's important. You know, and and I know that a lot of these the sort of more slick and superficial salespeople know this as well, and they have their rags to riches stories. But I think you can, if you really listen, tell the difference between an authentic story uh, of real struggle and somebody who's just kind of batting something off that they probably haven't really experienced or they're really exaggerating something that happened in their life that wasn't really quite such a big problem um you, you can tell you you know these things i i know when i very first got into the personal development world and and uh, you know it's uh, not not when it first started i'm not that old but uh, but certainly when uh in probably about 15 years ago maybe a bit more um and, and sort of going to the first sort of personal development events that I ever went to, I was kind of blown away with it. But now as I look back, I very much got the sense that a lot of these events were almost training. You, know, you had to be like a type A personality, go-getter, overachiever. And, and that's what you needed to be to be successful. And that's the model that they were teaching. It's like, you, you know, you, who you are or what you're doing isn't good enough. Right. And you, you have to be this and you have to change yourself into this. And, uh, and and I saw people trying to change themselves into that and going against their own natures to try and be something that they weren't. And it was horrible. I mean, honestly, I think it was horrible. Um, you, you know, you kind of talked about modeling and you talked about it from a, a really sensible perspective <laughs> and uh, but not to try and copy exactly what people do but to take a look at what they do and learn from it uh, which i think is is more useful and i think modeling in its earlier days got taken very literally to that you, i don't know you may not may not remember that bridget fonda film single white female but the one where she uh, uh kind of um replicates and tries to take over the life of this woman by making herself look like her and, and in, imposing herself into her life um, that that's what that ended up being like for a lot of people. They were turning into versions of the people they were following, like some weird cult. And uh, <laughs> uh, and thankfully, things have moved away from that now, and more people recognise you don't have to be exactly like them. Uh, and you're, you know, I love what you're saying more is like do it in a way that fits with you and jives with your personality and uh, and who you are. That is absolutely what I would hold to. And it was, it's kind of like Canva. Remember when Canva first came out and um, it didn't have all the features to really um, individualize and, and personalize the pictures, right? Mm -hmm. It was a copy and paste template type feel. Yeah. When it first came out, you could look at somebody's social media and know they use Canva right? <laughs> yeah. because yeah. all of the pictures look the same. Like they right. all had the same style. Uh, sometimes they all had the same quotes in the middle. 
you just knew that they used Canva. Um, and so it got to where you'd be like, oh God, another Canva picture. You, you know, so they may have had very good content on the picture, but because it looked the exact same as a million other pictures you've seen as you're scrolling through your no- news feed, you didn't stop to pay it any attention. Right. You know, so that's why it's so important to figure out what your magic elixir is so that yeah, people yeah. stop and pay you attention. A bit like clip art, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still, there, there are people who still use it as well, which, which amazes yeah. me. It's like, please stop using clip art if you're watching this and hearing this. <laughs> yes, it's that's a huge good. no-no. Yeah, and it's a big you, no-no. <laughs> and if you use Canva, please put a little effort into it. You know, don't just throw it in a template. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. We we notice these things. We definitely notice these things. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good analogy. And uh, and I like that. It's like, yeah, you're adding your, adding your special thing into the mix. And that's the vulnerability of relationship. You know, I see um, in terms of personal and professional development, the vulnerability element is so important. And I, uh, and I think it is the only way to allow that connection with with your audience, with your clients, to, to let them in. You don't have to tell them everything that you've ever done wrong in your whole life and air out all your dirty laundry for them. But let them see the real you, at least, and let them see that you're not perfect. You do have flaws just like them. Because, you know... Um, I was thinking back to um, one of the things that made, uh, I know Ronald Reagan as a president may not have been everyone's cup of tea, but one of the things that made him very popular when he was, was that he would make these gaffes and and mess things up and and get things a bit wrong. Um, Because you don't think, well, as a president, you want the president to be as perfect as possible. People loved that he messed things up a bit long, a bit, and uh, got things wrong sometimes uh, because it made him relatable. It made him fallible, and and people realized he was a human being. And uh, you know, uh, um, George W. Bush, similar kind of thing. You know, it made him more likable, uh, although there were some pretty big ones there. Uh, but you know, it's, it's it's one of those things that it does make you more relatable uh, to to your audience. To if you can show them that you can make mistakes, and it's still okay to do that, and you can ride them through. But I do think as a coach, as a speaker, a trainer, anything like that, how you approach them and how you deal with your mistakes and, and flaws is more important as well. Right. And then you always have to tell the story, not from an old oh, woe is me perspective. I want to make sure that I say that. So it's not like, oh, I was the victim. You know, I understand what it's like to be the victim. That's not how you use your story. You use your story to say, here's the mistakes that I made and here's how I fix them now that you know that, don't go make the mistake, right? I just told you how to get around that part. (laughs) So you can go straight into the success side of things. So it's good to let them know, hey, this is the mistakes that I was making, just in case they're actually making those same mistakes. They know what it is they need to shift because they don't always know that they're doing it wrong or that they're headed in the wrong direction unless they can identify with somebody else headed in the wrong direction that you know, recorrected. So yeah, yeah, you don't use it as a victim, like you want everybody to feel sorry for you and become your client because they feel sorry for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's not a good that's way to go. What, and yeah, get clients, yeah no. that's not that's not what you're using it for. <laughs> no, no. I mean if that's if that's your methodology, you might as well go go online and go, please be my client. I need yeah. clients. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah hey, who's who's that gonna work for us? Like you try that strategy in dating and see how far it gets you as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See what you attract, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, nothing good, probably. Uh, but th- this is this is really important about how you how you own things in your own life. One of the things I like to reframe with many of my clients who are in this sort of area as well is that um, 
failures and mistakes are not the opposite of success they right. are part of your path to success they're they're not the uh, it does failure doesn't mean you have failed and you're never going to be successful the failures have to happen the mistakes have to happen to get you there but if you can find the people who can show you how to avoid them better better for you because you can uh, avoid the pitfalls and get there quicker get there faster but uh, but don't feel bad if you if you make mistakes you know this morning i did a live stream all about being patient because i think that's one of the things that most people don't have they want it all now 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 please i want it right away and and most things don't really go like that but you can certainly move faster with some things especially with help but you can't move you can't always get everything as fast as you want it and but so patience and having stick with it and having purpose and serving your audience and, and your clients that has to take priority to keep you going when when the challenges come up when the mistakes happen that and you have to fail fast yeah. right you, you know you have to get it wrong get back up and keep moving you can't like just lay there in it for two or three weeks and let it fester right you have to jump right back up and just say oh well that wasn't the right turn Let's try this way, you know, and just keep it moving. That that really is the key. You know, people um, are out there promising people 30K and 40K months. I can get you 30K in 30 days. And I'm like, well, where were you when I first started? Right. Because <laughs> I nice didn't make promises. 30K. Yeah. So I didn't make yeah. 30K in my first 30 days. I understand what it is that they're trying to tell them. They're trying to tell them Here, here's the path to money. But putting that number on it, I'm like, yeah. I no, you know, it took me a little bit to get to the point where I was making 30K in 30 days and I did not get there alone, mm. right? I did not get there solely with my brand. It took collaborations. It took, like you said, relationships, business relationships. You know, what's my magic elixir? What's yours? How can we stir the pot and make magic, right? How can we make the best recipe ever? Um, those sorts of things. So I do want to counteract that, that as well and say, look, you can't do it alone. You know, I don't care how good you are at what you do. It's all about the people that's being sent your way. It's all about building relationships and networks that's feeding into your business. It's all about right. the right collaboration. Now, those things can definitely get you there. But going at it alone is just not, you know, you have to you have to feel things out and figure it out, of course. But at some point, you have to start looking outside of your business and figuring out, how you and other business owners can collaborate and create greatness together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And I think that's a, a great point to start wrapping things up on today as well. But Aneri, I know some people who are tuning in may be wondering how they can find out more about you and, uh, and get in touch with you. What, what are the best ways for people to come and find out more? So they can go to highperformingcoaches.com. And that's um, ing, so high performing and in coaches with an s.com. But I'm a person that likes people, right? So you can find me on Facebook, Anari Bellamy, or the high performing coaches. You can find me on LinkedIn, Anari Bellamy. You can find me on Instagram. Um, you know, jump in my inbox, ask a question, you know, say, hey, I'm stuck. This is, you know, I have a question. Or this is something I've really been stuck with. What would you advise? I love giving free advice. I am a how person. <laughs> And then I'll tell you why. So I do it the opposite. I tell you how to fix it. I go back and tell you why you should do it that way. Um, yeah. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I love answering questions. I love doing hot seat coaching. Um, whatever makes an impact and makes a change. 
I love your approach and I've enjoyed the conversation thoroughly and I hope many people will come and check you out and connect with you and find out more. I'm certainly very glad to have connected with you and very much appreciate you coming and giving up some of your time to come and join me on Points of Change. Neri Bellamy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, please subscribe and consider sharing the show with your friends as well. This is all about empowerment and giving people resources and it could be a great gift to people in your network as well. And it's going to help the show grow. Please also feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help people to find the show and I will personally massively appreciate it and give you a shout out on air. Next time, I am joined by Carrie Spranzi, and we're talking about what happens when life hits the fan, how to cope with all the stuff that the world can throw at you sometimes, and some of the great resources and stories that Carrie has to share from her own experience. We had a great conversation and a lot of fun. I know you're going to love it too, and I hope you will join us for that and more besides. If you think you'd be a great guest on the show or you know someone who would, then please get in touch. The way to do that is to email me, john at presentinfluence.com. john at presentinfluence.com. I will look forward to hearing from you. Please tell me why you or your friend or the person you represent would be a great guest and why you'd like to come specifically on Points of Change. So all that remains for me to say is thank you for joining me. See you again next time.